Hello and welcome to Stevo's Moses Cars of the Decade, 1940s Road Car Edition. I'm Sean Smith and the whole crew is here. we got James Montgomery. Hello. Alistair Walker. Greetings, humanoid life forms. Christopher Strickland. Good morning. And Sam Green. Save the best till last, obviously. You know it, mate, you know. Right, boys. Yeah. Uh, the war. It was bad and stuff. So Chris's car, car of the decade is the Volkswagen Beetle. Chris, begin. <laughs> Oh, thanks for that. We're, we're, we're going in hot. Yeah, we're well, going well, in hot. 1940s road cars for anyone who's just not aware of what this is, but because yeah, I completely forgot that. I said that at the start. Cars of the decade. No, you didn't. I literally didn't. I literally didn't. No, you didn't. Let's restart this. Let's okay, restart. No, no, no. We're just wasting time in. now. Go, go ahead, Cree. Go ahead. VW Beetle. Are you sure? VW yeah. Beetle. So technically, the VW Beetle first had its production model in 1930s, but I think the original VW Beetle that went into production that was called the People's Car, because apparently people loved the look of it. I don't know. No, Volkswagen is German for People's Car. I don't know that. I'm not German. God. Yeah, we can tell with an accent <laughs> like that. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is that, is that oh, that's a good got? start to an argument. <laughs> 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 Chris, Do we need to restart? Chris, that is the weakest yeah, um, yeah. start. Yeah, VW Beetle, you know, it was built in the 30s, <laughs> but, you know, who cares? Every other car I've picked so far for the series was picked in a different decade, but, you know, it's close <laughs> enough. Uh, how about, how about it, Chris? It was called People's Car because Hitler drove around in it. No, it's because Volkswagen means in German People's Car. And, yeah, and you the know, Beetle, which looked a bit like a Beetle. Exactly. And Can in you the tell 60s, I'm not bothered about a German car? And in the 60s, you know, they painted it white with a blue and a red strap on it, put a number 53 on it, and they made oh, it a, a, a... Exactly, I made it a merchandise for 20 years, and you know, uh, just, it just got a release of life. Ignore the fact that Beetle, one of the highest selling cars of all time, one of the longest production runs of all time, you know, it, it got the German masses moving, quite literally the car of the people for that. Ignore all of that, Chris. No. Was it? Well... Was it? Well, I tried to. Oh. Well... I you know just thought they called it the people's car. Do you know it cost 990 Reichmark? Yeah, what's that? Which what? apparently was less than... I don't know what that is in terms of, like, if you did it for inflation now, but apparently it was less than a motorbike. Ah. Which is quite mad. Yeah, so it was a people's car. Well, that's Anybody a very good selling point. It is a very good selling point, the fact it cost less than a thousand Reichmark. I think I you could also... That one. <laughs> Sorry? You, could, you can also... Um, what they used to do is you used to have, like, a tin... Like a savings tin, so you would save up and you put this the money in the tin, and when the tin was full, you could afford the car. Yeah, yeah. that's very good. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to do some little maths on here because I've just found a chart which says in 1948. Yeah, I was trying to do the same thing. Uh, <laughs> 13.4. Why can't you give me one Reichmark? That's just really annoying. 13.4 Reichmark was the equivalent to 3.3 dollars. So if we divide that by 3. So one Reichmark was about one dollar twenty. Fantastic. Then on to a inflation calculator. Inflation calculator. Welcome to the uh, math time. For the I bet it times. was seven and a half grand. Today's money. Today's money, yeah. In today's money. You see, that is cheap. Yeah, it's pretty competitive for a, a small super mini, isn't it? No, I'm guessing here. I haven't actually worked it out. Oh, oh God! <laughs> we're, we're, we're just we're just continuing on our rough guess of everything because I don't give a fuck about this car which I've been forced to talk about first. Okay, how much did you say it cost? Seven and a half grand, you reckon? Nine hundred. 
I reckon about seven and a half grand. No, 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 in right no, mark. Well, how much in right oh, mark? Oh, 990. 999? No, no, just 990. <laughs> nine, 990, okay. I mean, you can call it 999 if you want. All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, so, in today... Oh, God, so I'm doing this a bit backhanded. Uh, Sean, have you got something to convert us from dollars to pounds, please? Uh, use xe.com. I have a question for people. Do you think it started the craze of car fetishes? Car fetishes? Oh, no. What? No, yeah. no, 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 no. What are you on what, about? Why? Oh, bloody hell. Right, okay, <laughs> so... Know what that is? so no, I, mean, I know what that is. I've, I've just uh, done my calculations here. A car uh, fetish? Yeah. I know you know what it is, but oh, do they? My love. Yeah. Do you think oh, it started it because of how sort of sexy? Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know. When did Americans get pickup trucks? I don't know. <laughs> 1700s. They just used to be powered by a horse. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I, okay. I know a lot of weird fetishes. Even that strikes me as weird. You Have got you not heard about it? We got two minutes left on this car. And everything. It's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, my is God. this actually going through the recording? Yeah, yeah why th not? this is going to be amazing. Why not? Yeah. We've got a, such an obscure start to this bloody recording. Why the hell not? Right, guys, I've got some maths for you now. Yay. So, uh, 990 Reichmarks back then. Uh, sorry, 990 Reichmarks. Uh, I've missed out a step in this. Uh, oh, 990 times 1.2. <laughs> 1, 1, so that's $1,188, which in today's money would be $12,835. Oh. Convert that now into pounds, and that would be £9,646. Which is more than a Daisy oh, Sandero. So I was going to say, that's not a people's car at all. No, no, that's not. I mean, that's still pretty cheap. 10 grand is pretty cheap. Yeah. I don't know, it's mu in my Volkswagen's modern pricing. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know, how much is an up? I was going to say, an up is about nine grand. Yeah, but an yes, up's not go. a car. An up's yeah. a toy with... An... It's a washing yeah. machine. <laughs> yes, okay. thank you, Chris. What about the up GTI, which is a good one? It's a fast washing machine with wheels. <laughs> oh. Man, it's a washing machine that could do 90 kilos loads. That's what it can yes. do. Yes, yeah, so it goes up to an 800. Yeah, it goes up to an 800 spin, not 400. Yeah. So well, you know, a washing machine can do like 1,400. So the Volkswagen Beetle, yeah, like <laughs> Good opening, Chris. <laughs> Fantastic. So the Volkswagen Beetle was the best because we've all been able to rip the shit out of him because he yeah, turned Volkswagen up fully No, no, don't talk about the fact that it made Porsche what they are today. Yeah, whatever. Which was, yeah. I was, I was fully expecting that to be your main thing yeah. because it's basically been your main thing for the entire of this series. Yeah. But yes. think yeah, about but what see, this no, see, I wanted to, I wanted to like, you know, mix it up a bit. Get the discussion going. Al, this would you like to is this so anticlimactic. I have not been this disappointed since that time I lost my virginity. So thank you, Chris. You're very welcome. Al, I'm glad I'm able to Al. like blank out that um Stop talking. That, that that part of your life, Monty. No, I'm gonna keep talking because I've not been able to talk, so I'm you talking now to talk about, about... The... Al, X no. one two oh. Let's go back to talking about cars. You know, you look back at this recording, here? Sean, when you're doing the editing. You no, know, you look back at this recording when you're when you're editing, and you'll go, "That first section was actually bloody brilliant." So shut up. Admin, please mute the northerner. <laughs> He's wrong about COVID. He's wrong about the beetle. Next. Right. Yes, the Jaguar XJ120. <laughs> Why is that your car of the decade, Al? 
well, I think it was one of the first true supercars, and it was one of, it was the fastest production car of its time, and it is just plain beautiful. Is this the car which, no, it's not. I was about to say the one they test drove on the uh, the motorway, but I don't know if the motorway existed yet, so no, that, but that, that's not going to do it. No, that was they, the did, one. they did max it, though. They did max it on the public road. <clears throat> yes, because there wasn't really many other places you could go at the time. No. So yeah, powered by a 3.4 litre straight six. Nice. Original bold cars handmade out of aluminium on an ash frame. Yeah. On an ash not frame, so it's a Morgan then. No, Ooh. not quite like a Morgan. <laughs> it does look like a Morgan. It, it still had like a steel Morgan, chassis, yeah. but yeah, the frame for the bodywork was ash. I absolutely love the XK120. It's one of my favourite cars. Because. I mean, they're stunning. They look fantastic the, the, like like Al said when they were released they were the fastest production car in the world um, we're going to get copyright for that but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah I just think they, they they epitomised everything that Jaguar was kind of about at the time I think personally did you know, did you know it cost 300 more pounds than a Volkswagen Beetle <laughs> did it well there we go how so do you, you know have... more about someone else's car than your own fucking car? So your own you story. Could have, that's like basically saying you could have a Bugatti Veyron for the same for a little bit more than a VW Up. Yeah, right. literally, that is what you're saying. No, now no, that is, that is good value. It is good value, yeah. Plus, it's a jack. Yeah, it's a jack. Always good. If but you yeah, your wallet. Saying it epitomised, I think, what Jaguar was at the time. It was beautiful. It was pretty. I think it was a pretty nice spec inside. To be honest, it was all nice wood, nice plush seats, and it was fast as all holy hell. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was. It was very much. Although it, it, I would agree, it kind of is one of the first supercars. It was very much a Grand Tourer as well, wasn't it? <laughs> it's not like it was a racing car on the road. It well, was quite that. comfortable. And... No, that was a successful racing <laughs> yeah, car exactly. in its own right. And I think, That's true. while I don't have any sources for this, it's probably one of the things that then drove Jaguar into racing, I think. Because I, I think, think did they use right, derivatives yeah. of this engine in the well, I mean, D types? I, they're still more or less using that der the derivative of that engine now, to be honest. I mean, so. this this car did win Le Mans twice. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so I think they were both in the 50s when it won Le Mans, which yeah. is a little outside of where we are, but the car was originally built in the 40s, so... If I bring my Celica into the car of the 2000s, because it was... No, the car of the 90s, when it started production in 1999, September. No, I'm joking. Um, no, I mean, 1949 is still the 40s. That's true. And, <laughs> and in Chris's cases, so is 1921. You know, in some cases... Mean? So it's nine. <laughs> that, was a, that was a joke. Right, anyway, so, no, Jack. It's right, a this, shit joke. Shut up. This is, um... No. This is this is a, a beautiful car, Al, as you said. Um, it does look like a Morgan. A bit. But it does have one thing that Morgans don't have, which is enclosed rear wheels. Yeah. Make yeah, it even no. more inconvenient to change a rear tyre. <laughs> Pit stops must have taken ages. <laughs> Yeah, but who needs convenience when you look that good? Well, that's true. This is, this is very true. Uh, this, is, I suppose, in some ways, is one of Jaguar's heydays throughout the 20th century. But this is one of their first ones. Sort of. I think it probably it probably began that sort of. 
rise well, it was of one of the first Jaguars as well, because the car before it was the SS Jaguar of the Swallow Sidecar Company. Yeah, and they decided who, to change their name, didn't they? Um, perhaps understandably. Yeah, due to some unfortunate <laughs> naming coincidences in the 40s, yeah, Chris. Um, where they didn't want to be associated with fascists, which is fair enough. I don't think anyone or, wants to be associated with fascists. They, they changed want... their name to Jaguar. Maybe they, they just didn't want their to most... be associated with the Beetle. <laughs> yeah, they changed their name to Jaguar. So I think that was their their latest and most popular car was the SS Jaguar. So Jaguar they became. So yeah. yeah, not only the fastest car at the time, but the first Jaguar. Back up! I thought they were originally called the Swallow Sidecar Company. What's fascist about swallows? SS. SS. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, see, I wouldn't know anything about that, because back in that time, Jersey was German, so, you know. <laughs> yes, so... Because we were abandoned! As I said, the car before either. the XJ120 was the 1939 SS Jaguar 100. Which is also... Your yeah, so... Yeah, they are quite cool. Indeed, um, but yeah, you, you can see why they changed their name. Yeah, yes. understandable. Um... XK120 as well. Does anyone know the... I uh, presume Al does, but does anyone know the significance of the 120? Uh, no. Chris probably does. The significance of the 120? Because uh, it did 120 miles an hour, maybe? Yes, know. it did, yes. Is that it? Yeah. See, well, yes, it was recorded top speed was 100. You see... I know, right? That's because I literally don't care about German cars. I just picked the Volkswagen Beetle because literally it is the best car of the decade. Because and you know it is. Because you couldn't pick Japanese for this decade. I get <laughs> exactly. It. I get it. <laughs> bitter. So bitter. you know it's the best car, but you don't care about it. Yes. Precisely <laughs> why. Yeah, that's the same with me and the, me and the Veyron. Exactly. You see, I know it's the best car, but it's a boring car, and it led on to some of the best cars in the world. But... You know, I'm not. It's not. No, no. I'm not going to. It's no, not your not part go, uh, anymore, for one. No, it's not my part. No, but it did do apparently a top speed of 124.6 miles an hour, which on roads back in the 1940s, with bomb holes in it, is pretty much not the Beetle. No. Not to uh, 60, 10 seconds. That's yeah, pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah. I think a lot of those performance figures were for the earlier cars. Later on, they swapped from being alloy bodied to steel bodied, but that happened in the 50s, so we get the fast one in our decade. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, cool car, cool car. Let's go to something which is also a cool car, but nothing like the Jaguar XJ120, which is my choice the Lincoln Continental Gen 1, which had a V12, boys. We're talking 110 horsepower. Wow. Who's Gen? Shut up, Monty. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, 110 horsepower from a V12. That means it's making somewhere between fuck all and slightly more than fuck all horsepower per cylinder. I think it looks quite. It does look cool. The reason that's the reason it I chose it is because cool. it looks like a quintessential mafia car. Uh, originally it, it, designed. It's very American, though. It's very American of the time as well. It's all like, Yes. It's, it's uh... enormous. Yes, it's got white, wall, white side wall tyres. Because, uh, yeah, which is cool. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I like it because it's a big mafia car. But the reason it came about is because the uh, the boss of Ford at the time basically wanted a uh, a specific car for himself for his company car. So they they designed this and then sold a few probably to make up them make back the money because you know Ford being capitalist and all that probably liked the idea of making money. Because um, 
Lincoln wrong with making money. Lincoln were essentially like the Ford's luxury division yeah, sort of thing, weren't they? Still, they? Yeah. They don't anymore, are they? I don't think they exist anymore. Not really. Oh no, they do, they do. I'm thinking I I'm, prefer I'm, a Lincoln Zeta. Not Zurich. I'm thinking of um Buick. But anyway. Uh but no, yeah. Buick's still around, that's GM. It's Mercury which has gone, I think. Automobile. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Oh, Ultimobile were also GM. Yeah, but they're also not here anymore. <clears throat> R.I.P. Yep. Um, mm. But no, this, 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 I've basically chose this car because it's, it's it's quintessentially American of the time. It's sort of what you imagine for that sort of era, sort of the 30s and 40s, uh, when you're not talking about another car on this list we're going to get to. Um, and yeah, just the fact it's got a, <laughs> a massive engine. With, uh, you no, say no, I know no, fuck all about Mark. Uh, I, I was, was, was going to say actually, I think I owe Chris an apology now oh, because Sean's you, turns up even uh, less what? prepared. It's got a 4.8 liter engine, V12 with 110 horsepower. What's not to exactly laugh, laugh at that for? Jesus, I can't remember the fact of how it came about. How, how the Ford general manager wanted a car, so they made one and then sold it. Just, you know. What? Did you know the engine came from a Lincoln Zephyr? Yeah. Did you know that? I did. Did you know it was a V12? Hey. Did you know that? I, I literally said that three times now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you okay. know it's wheelbase? Okay, if we like, well, let's talk about wood in this this episode. For 1947, it had a walnut wood trim added to the interior. Mm. Nice. So there you go. Mm. Does it mean that if you lick the wood, it tastes like walnut? Is that what that means? <laughs> I think you're going back to your uh, your point there. I think I've now worked out how you got fleas. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, fun fact for you about this car. Did you know in 1942 production had to be ceased temporarily? Do you know why? Uh, was it to build bombers? Oh, you're close. Yes, a Pearl Harbor. Oh. Yeah, they, they turned the factory that the cars were being built into to go and build the things which were being sent to Pearl Harbor. Then they went, okay, we're done with trying to win a war now. Let's build cars again for people. Hmm. Fair enough. Mm. Makes you wonder what, so. what what the really rich people did in the meantime. Drove around in their um, battleships, uh, Lincolns, which uh, they had already purchased, I guess. Oh, yeah. But you know, having having a car that's six months old, oh, that's, that's 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 seen as awesome. I mean, to be it's fair, too old. I, I think, I think that's, a, that's already that's a fairly recent thing. I think the six month old thing. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, to be fair, you do see a lot of people like driving this car for 20, 30 years. I'm looking at the 1960s variant of this. If anyone's ever watched Inspector Gadget before, I think I've just found out which car it was that he drove. It looks cool. It's the Gadget Mobile. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Good, good job. Um, no, aside from having no horsepower from a V12 engine, I've not really got much about this car, apart from that it looks cool. I'd also like to compliment its back wheels, actually. I'm looking at images oh, of it just now. It yes. also has back wheels covered, but with a big difference. It has a cat flap on its arch by the looks of things, which means you can access the back wheels. Very good for pit stops. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, the Jag like does have that. The Jag does have that as well. I've worked on a few of them, and they do have that flap. Oh, thank, thank goodness uh, for that. But yeah. they're, they're better hidden, because Jag, you care Streamline. about Streamline. Yeah. yeah. Streamline. It's a jag. One thing I like about this car is that, and cars sort of of this era and type, is that they have the back wheel sort of just floating at the back of the car. Hmm. 
um, yeah, gravity that became was an invention, didn't it? The the, uh, the Lincoln Continental spare tire became a thing, didn't it? Of that cover, completely covered up in a casing, hmm. spare tire, but it had like it had the name of the car on it, which was the idea. So you still knew it's a Lincoln Continental, but it's the, got it on the spare tire rather than on the boot of the car. Oh yeah, it also weighed two tons, which is a lot. I am not surprised. Enormous. Yeah. I am mildly surprised, but only mildly. Well, how much is your Jaguar out? Like four, four grams. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but it wasn't an awful lot. Bear in mind the original ones were alloy bodied with a tree in them. And they're not a big car either. The Jag, like they're not really that sizable. This is like size of a small county. Yeah, more or less. Right. Um, I mean, you could have parked four of the Jaguars or six of the VW Beetles in the same parking space. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends what size parking space is, really. Have um, you seen the average American parking space? They're quite big. Yeah. <laughs> they have to fit both the average American car and the average American. <laughs> Speaking of the average American, uh, meanwhile, during the 1940s, while some Americans were doing their Lincoln Continentals and stuff, others were busy going across Europe in their Sam... Willie's MB, formerly known, or latterly known, sorry, as the Jeep. There you go. Let's go. Have you got more facts than Chris does about the Beetle? I definitely have more facts because I have two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I've got a bit more than that. A few, Quite a few more, in fact. So I'm going to go down Chris's usual route and think about what this spawned. This was the first mass-produced four-wheel drive car. Was it? It was, cool. yes. So the first four-wheel drive car, not truck or anything like actual car, four-wheel drive, mass-produced. And they made 650,000. And that was only like the first generation of them. And then there's been even more than that if you keep going through its entire life, which went on forever. I, um, well, I still around didn't realise they... True. I genuinely didn't realise they built that many of them, to be fair. Oh god, yeah. Well, they well this is the thing. They would build the car, then kind of dismantle the car, and then drop it behind them in enemy lines. You'd go and get it, assemble it, and then you've got a jeep. They would be dropped as kits, and then you'd assemble it, and away you go. So it's basically a catering. I was well, going to yeah, say, so basically it gave us not only the Jeep Wrangler, but also the catering. Yes. <laughs> um, Although caterings don't was... tend to be built in war zones. No, not usually. Um, but I mean, yeah, there's just it was it was very very basic. It was exactly what they needed it to be of um, a light, fast vehicle that wasn't going to get bogged down. Um, could do more or less whatever it needed to do, and was just yeah, away it went. Um, it won America the war. I wouldn't. Well. Part of it. It's yeah. American pride. Is it American pride, Sam? Are people uh, well, proud to yeah, talk well, about their Willie's Jeep? Probably, yes. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, it, it had... Are you ready for this? It had 60 horsepower. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so That's glad. enough. Carry on, Sam. Anyway, I'm so glad yeah, that I don't so... get money on these. <laughs> <laughs> I've been copyright strikes so often. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I had an in, in, inline four, 
um, it was only a little 2.2 litre um, called the Go Devil engine. That's a good name. Um, it was, and it was. Are you ready for this? 60 horsepower. For from a 2.2. Wow. But, but but to be fair, with that 60 horsepower, it would do 30. 65 mile an hour. Also, appreciate it needed to run on not just petrol but leftover beer. Yeah, yes, so it, was, it needed to run on basically anyway. anything they could find to shove in it. But it's American yeah. beer or German beer? Well, it depends where you were, I suppose. It's probably a mix. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to take his bit. American beer is just water. Well, yeah. Um, three speed. Just the first hydrogen powered car, then. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would have um, been, wouldn't it? Three speed gearbox, um, high and low range gears. Mm-hmm. Which is very useful in a war zone. Um, <clears throat> is, it, is it really? Yep, speaking yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, so during World War Two, they built six hundred and forty-seven thousand nine hundred and twenty-five. Oh my god, that's yeah. amazing! And then post-war, they built another three hundred and sixty thousand. So, so, so its popularity went down like a cliff. Well, yes, there was less demand after the war. <laughs> of um, course. Uh, did you say how much the Jeep weighs, Sam? Uh, I haven't, no, but... I've got weighs... the stat here. It's amazing. Oh, so have I. Dry weight I've got, I don't know about you, but I've got one thousand, just over a 1,000 kilograms. It's lighter than a Ford Fiesta of today. How insane is that? Yeah. and It's, it's a war vehicle. Yeah. it's, it's it, it was perfectly designed for what it needed to do. It's half the weight so, of my Lincoln. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the engine probably um, didn't and probably weighs just more as fast. That. Yeah, probably weighs. Um, <laughs> and nearly the same power. Um, mm. But yeah, no, they just it, the the kits were the, the the best thing. So they would just literally they would just be dropped out the back of a transport plane with a parachute on, and they would build them wherever they needed to be. They could drop several of them, obviously, at the same time. In whatever configuration <clears throat> they needed, so these were basically used as ambulances as well as to move around officers and troops, and um, they used everywhere, all over Europe, all over the states, presumably as well. They used them in the Korean War as well. Um, they just, yeah, they could. You could mount guns on them. You could mount radios to them. They could even. There was an an amphibious variant of it called the Sea Jeep. Which is actually made by Ford. Um, um, but yeah, they just whatever this you needed amazing. it to do, it do. It did do it. So this looks amazing. I'm just looking at one of the uh, pictures here uh, of uh, the interior of the car. This is amazing. To, oh, the car, the truck, whatever you want to call it. Interior it's shot of it. And it's yeah. amazing because. Um, Obviously, you've got your gear stick. You've got one knob for the high-low gear um, settings, which, okay, nowadays is, we take as standard, but back then is quite big. And also another gear lever in there to disconnect the four-wheel drive system if you wanted to save fuel. And it's also got, essentially, one of the first versions of cruise control on it because it's got a knob on the dashboard, which you pull in or out, and that seems to be connected directly to the throttle body, so you could hold the throttle at a certain position if you had to take your feet off the throttle for whatever reason. That is cool. That is quite cool. Not actually. as cool as half the pictures of a Jeep, which are normally it jumping over a dune. 
Oh yes, yes. Uh, yeah, always have a look video. at the videos. Always have a look at the testing videos of these things because I don't know what's fun. You're watching the car going up or down, or watching the people in the car going up <laughs> and down. It's like yeah, its own so suspension no system. <laughs> yeah, there's no seat belts most of the time, is there? So they literally just—if they don't fall out, they're doing well. Um, mm, yes. Yeah, but they're enjoying themselves, so it's all right. Yeah. Um, but these things that like you see the videos of that and they are genuinely like they're, they're quite big jumps like and the, the car's just absolutely fine is it a and big jump it or is it just a very small fine. car uh maybe a little bit of both it's a cool i, I think it's uh i think it's a, it is a cool. good choice it's a good choice right Monty, i think i win this episode you've written a paragraph <laughs> and i don't know monty's written put about 700 entries into his uh <laughs> into his but now he has to choose one yeah he does um i can't really choose one i'm gonna stick to the four of them but they all have something in common well, you've got and seven minutes hit. so uh right make it quick. well then shut up uh, shut up and let me go for this right <laughs> okay guys so i have nominated the following cars for my cars of the decade pontiac streamliner a Chevrolet convertible. In this case, I'm specifically mentioning the Chevrolet Deluxe. Triumph Roadster and a post-war Austin 16. What do they all have in common? Two of them are American, two of them are British. Well, continuing with my theme so far in this whole series, these were kind of the mass-produced cars which got the economy, which got society going again after the war war was done. If you ever have a look at cartoons from this era, Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, I will almost guarantee you that the car will look like a Chevrolet Deluxe or Pontiac Streamliner. I was also considering uh, the Lincoln Continental, but uh, as Sean's mentioned, that's more for the rich boys, so yep. uh, I discounted that from my <laughs> list for that reason. I'm talking about the poor people here. <coughs> oh. uh, for the Triumph Roadster oh and uh, <laughs> the... <laughs> Uh, Austin 16, this was essentially the equivalent for Britain, and if you have a look at old pictures uh, of Britain post-war in the late 40s, even up into the early 50s, these were the cars you would always see on the road. They were cheap, they were affordable, they weren't necessarily reliable, hence why there was a, a need to make cars better, otherwise we'd still be driving them today. But this is what got the economy and this is what got the society going again. Very and in a lot of ways... Monty, go on. on the 16... 16 yes. horsepower. I know. That's oh, great. That's all you, it's all you wow. need. This, this is before the days of seatbelts, so you wouldn't want more than 16 horsepower, otherwise you'd die. Um, That's a whole field. And, 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 and all the air would come sucking out of the uh, your cabin, which was why trains used to be limited to no more than 9 mile an hour as well, for that reason. Cool. Anyway, back from uh, those silly antidotes. So, Do you mean Austin's Antidotes, whatever you want to call it. Austin 16. How uh, typical does the sound of today's car? A two-liter four-cylinder engine. Okay, great. Happy days. That sounds pretty standard to what we've had until about five years ago when hybrids started taking over. Until before the hybrids turned up, two liters, four cylinders. That was kind of a standard saloon family car hatchback thing. Also, with the Triumph Roadster, they had it in an 1800cc uh, straight forward configuration as well. Again, that's kind of typical to the engine configurations we've uh, grown accustomed to over the next 70 years. Uh, looking at the Americans, just looking at their engines on here, so the Chevrolet Deluxe came with, as standard, a um, 
Oh, what have we got here? Three and a half litre, that's good. Uh, inline six engine, that's not quite so typical, so obviously in future years they upgraded that to a V8, but still the three and a half litre is relevant. And with the Pontiac Streamliner, uh, what have we got in here? We also have a straight six engine as well in there, so obviously that got upgraded to a V8 as well. However, the prices of these cars were kind of comparable to, what shall we say, in modern money, anywhere between 9000 to 15000 pounds. So that's kind of in your typical budget of your... Hatchbacks. Actually, yeah, your hatchbacks and stuff. So these were affordable cars for people to get around from A to B to C to D. In the Pontiac Streamliner version, they also had an estate, one of those horrible estates where they make it out of woods on the back, oh, which I'm sure we've seen Morris copy that over in the years as well. Ooh. Triumph Roadster, even though it was a roadster, it wasn't your kind of typical family car. It was the kind of sporty variant which anyone could afford to drive. But because it's a Triumph, it also broke down. So that's the last <laughs> I'm going to talk about that positively, because everything else is kind of negative. However, the Austin 16, I can continue talking about good things about it for a while, because its design was so popular that Buick copied it and started making their own variants of it in America as well. The Austin 16 as well, of course, was actually a popular car prior to the war, as it was produced between 1927 and uh, 1937, kind of 1939, if depending... Uh, sources you look at. However, obviously, once the war was done, they didn't really have the money to redesign new cars, so they just made a B version, shall we say, of predecessors to make it look a bit more fancy and modern. So what and we had swing. was the facelift. Yes, yeah, basically, facelift. it was a facelift. And what a good facelift it was. It came with a roof. That's a nice feature. Um, if it rains. And well, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, even when it's uh, sunny as well, you don't want the sun coming down and uh, giving you a sunburn. That's never nice, is it? <laughs> uh, and then in its later years, they also produced a 2.2-litre variant of the car, which came with a... Oh, get this, guys. V8 2.2, and it came with a whopping 67 horsepower. But... But... The reason why it was called the Austin 16 was for its taxes. In the UK, many, many, many years ago, you used to pay road tax on a car based on how much horsepower you had, not on your fuel consumption, not on your engine size, not on how much emissions the thing uh, produced. Heck, why would they judge emissions back then? They just bombed up the whole country, actually the whole world, and um, they were telling everyone to smoke, so there was definitely no issues on emissions back then. The tax horsepower... It fell under the bracket of 15.6, round that up to 16, and you got yourself your Austin 16. Yes, the Austin 16 was called the Austin 16 as a marketing ploy, so people went, oh my god, I can buy a car tax-free. Yes, I want an Austin 16. I want an Austin 16. And so they did. And so this is why it was a popular people's car, uh, which well, already was in the 20s and 30s anyway. And because they kept the name going, people went, I know the brand... I like these cars. I want another Austin 16 with a roof. And so, and so that, guys, is why I have picked these cars as my cars of the decade because this was essentially what kick-started society again after a six-year hiatus because for some reason the Brits got annoyed with the Germans. We can also say the Beetle helped rebuild German cities think... after the war. <laughs> Exactly. It did. The people did so many things. His research and explained that fact. Uh, I think I explained it quite well. Thank you very much. 
I doesn't ah. know. The Volkswagen Beetle doesn't need explaining. That's how good of a car it is for this definition. Did you know that uh, Beetle means people's is. car? Yeah. Everyone loves Beetles. That's Everyone why they call it Beatles. people's car. Exactly. They're like squishing no, Beetles. I don't like the modern Volkswagen Beetle. Because, I don't like any of the um, Beetles. I, really? Yeah. Oh, but the original one's so much fun because it's air-cooled. So little maintenance to the engine. And yes, it's a you can change your fan belt with the engine running on those as well, can't you? Yes, you can. No need to stop. You can do it as part of your uh, petrol uh, refilling, I guess. There is a slight risk to your fingers, though. <laughs> wow. Alternatively, if you've been in traffic for too long, the I engine think... breaks. Well, you can regrow them. That's fine. You can regrow them? Yeah. An engine? No, your fingers. Oh, right. <laughs> you can't regrow your fingers. Of course you can. There you can. Have you never seen amputees? They yeah, grow they don't new regrow. Legs. No. Mm. I think that's anyway, going to do it. <laughs> yes, I think so decade. as well. Um, However, there you are. How about that? I managed to say all of my facts before the timer went off. Be proud of me, guys. Be proud of me. No. Thank you. Um... Sam, well done for this month. I think you win, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, he put in the most research, so I, I, I fully agree with that one. The Willie's Jeep is just stonking. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not, it's not quite as emphatic a victory as Austin Seven in the thirty, the twenties, but. Uh... No, but I think all of us were going to pick the Austin Seven, weren't yeah. we? And we couldn't <laughs> because someone had already picked it. Two people picked it anyway. Yeah. Um, that's sorry. Gonna, that's gonna do it for the forties. Thank fuck. We're now into like the real. Well, we're going to now be into the real era of motoring, which is the 1950s, where cars get interesting. Slash, I know what they are. We're getting into the start of the economic boom. Boomtown. Boom. We are because by what, like the mid 70s and 80s, the every single world economy was running at full tilt. But that's gonna. That's for next time. Uh, in the meantime, chaps, thank you for joining me. Thank you for the few of you who might have finished this podcast and <laughs> all our um... now you see they knew that after the first car they didn't need to listen to anything else is that right Chris no well I think the opposite <laughs> people would have just skipped through that bit they have heard the chaos and got I'm not listening to that yeah it might be worth putting a disclaimer in the description that it does get better or a disclaimer in the disclaimer ah <laughs> uh, best part mate. Best part. Thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone for joining me. Take care and goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.